0: He picks up the chair, <laughs> WWE style, I'm doing it right now in the lounge, above his head, smashes it on the ground.
1: We want to get to another topic that's near and dear to our hearts. We're really hitting all the, the big topics today. Oh, yeah. Winter beer. Heck
0: yeah. <laughs> we should probably talk a little football. Yeah, what I you guess think? we should. Welcome
1: into the lounge. I am Ryan Mink. And I'm Garrett Downing, and we just want to start this thing off today by apologizing. Usually the podcast comes out, our post-game recap podcast comes out on Tuesdays. We're a little behind this week.
0: That's what happens when you play on Monday Night Football. Seriously, My internal clock, I keep thinking every day is the day earlier, you know? I think today is Tuesday. It throws everything off. Totally. You get back from New England,
1: get in bed at 4 a.m. I don't think, I think that's something that people don't realize is, is something that people always ask me is, when you come back from a road trip, do you stay there that night? Or if it's a late game, do you just go ahead and stay there and then leave in the morning? No.
0: No. No, we, it's... Post-game media session, get on the buses, uh, go to the airport, fly back that night. No matter matter where you are, what time it is, you go immediately back. So, you know, the rough thing is, it's like an hour hour 15 flight from providence <laughs> down the bwi i work on some stories do some work on the plane got about 45 minutes left in the flight i'm like do i just stay awake the whole time until 2 a.m no or no, do till i like, take to like
1: 3 a.m or whatever
0: it is yeah you're right that or do i take like a half an hour nap Out for that wake up as the plane crashes into the runway. <laughs> feel like garbage <laughs> get three hours of sleep oh sucks yeah sucks yeah, but I'll have to, I'll say the story for another day. But the story of when I slept on Art Modell's couch—should I tell that <laughs> one real quick? No, that's a, save it, save it, save it. We Are gotta hold sure that, that it? one.
1: It's a pretty good one. It's a good one, but we only have so many good stories, so we don't want to use up all our good stories. We've got another. We got a good story for story time later today. All right, fine. So say ho- that one. That's a teaser, though. It's that's a good one. That's an A plus teaser.
0: All right. So our uh, email this week got a good one from Graham Reed. Who's calling from London. Yes. Now you like my London accent. It's almost as bad as mine was
1: in Final Drive the other
0: day. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. So uh, Graham says, season's greetings from London. Hey, Ryan and Garrett. My name is Graham, and I'm a Ravens fan from London. I am a huge NFL lover and tune into my beloved Ravens on Game Pass every Sunday. Just wanted to say how stoked I am that the Ravens are finally coming over as part of the International Series next year. I've had season tickets to these games for the past seven years, and to hear that next year I'll get to see the Ravens thrash the Jags is a Christmas present come early. So looking forward to it, as I'm sure all the UK European Ravens fans are. Love the podcast. It always makes you laugh whenever we win or lose. I particularly like the chats with the players. Keep up the good work. And so, P.S. He had a little P.S. P.S. If you see Steve Smith around, please tell him we need one more year ad from London. Demands it.
1: We do have that kind of power, you know. Before Steve makes his final decision, I'm sure he's going to come consult with us Definitely. And decide. And we'll put in a good word for him, Graham.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm excited about going over there, and we need to tape an episode of the Lounge in London together. <laughs> I think we do. We to- need to find all of our fans are international. We have zero Baltimore-based
1: listeners. It's true. All of them are in Nashville. <laughs> Probably half of them in London. We need to find a nice bar, set up shop. Pub. 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 Yeah. Right. Nice pub. Do it with the podcast at a nice pub. Meet all, meet Graham and his buddies, all the yes. other Ravens fans there. That's if you go. Oh, I'll be there. There's no shot that you're actually going to go. We've talked about the drafts that we do on here. We do the Thanksgiving Day draft, which we don't need to revisit because that was embarrassing for you. But <laughs> we, one of our favorite drafts every single year is that we draft the road trips because Ryan and I split up the road trips. So, this there's is a big deal. There's 10 games. I have first pick next year. Are you going to London or are you going to Green Bay? Next year, we've got London, we've got Green Bay, Tennessee, potentially Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Tennessee, Nashville's is a nice road trip. Right. Good night in Nashville. So, the question is do I take London or do I take the history of Green Bay? You're going to blow it either way.
0: <laughs> You're just going just gonna to be tossing and turning for the next seven months.
1: The hope is fingers crossed that the organization says, you know what, and maybe if fans send us emails at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net and they start saying now that we need to do a podcast live from London. That's that true. we can go ahead and get you on the plane. I think I'm would, over here advocating for you.
0: We would definitely need to bring on some of our London listeners onto the podcast when we're over there. I think we would have to do that. We would have to do that. I do think. All right, so we should probably talk a little little football. Yeah, I guess we should. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the Ravens didn't get that big win that we talked about last time we were on the podcast. Lost thirty to twenty three uh, up there in New England. And uh, Garrett, to you, what concerns you most about what you saw?
1: I think it was the regression of the offense. I mean, Obby. yeah, I mean, I thought we all were all singing the offense's praises after what we saw against Miami, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is right back to where we were, you know, the last two months, three months of the season. It didn't look any better. I mean, that, so to me, that's it. You know, where is this offense? What Now you start to wonder, okay, was that Miami game an aberration? I think a lot of people are asking that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing, too, you know, this was a – this is more big picture, but this was, you know, John Harbaugh came into that game and called it the toughest challenge yet. And uh, this game was a measuring stick game. You know, this was another game, kind of like the Cowboys game, where you go up and you play one of the best teams in the league, and the Ravens kind of failed the test. You yeah. know,
0: I mean, it, the score was closer than the game was, I think.
1: The obviously. score would have been an absolute blowout had the Patriots not gifted two turnovers deep inside their own territory that turned it into touchdowns. Yep. If take those two out of the game, it's a totally different score. Absolutely. So... I think it's, that's the big picture. Is that it's a kind of a reminder that the Ravens still have a long way to go if they're going to play with the best teams in the league in a tough environment.
0: I think we both said going into this game that if the Ravens are going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs, which we thought that thought they could be, uh, then the offense had to play decent to well. Yeah, right. And the defense was going to play remain lights out. The defense. Despite the stats, I mean, and Brady had the 79-yard touchdown and all that stuff, I don't think the defense played poorly. Um, yeah, It's tough when they put up 30 points to it, say they played well. They put up 30
1: points and almost 500 yards of total offense. Yeah, it's, it's tough. They didn't play great. I think what it is, though, is it's come back to what we've said before. You know, you start the game and you force the Patriots to two, two straight punts, and then all of a sudden, because of a special teams miscue by Devin Hester, you're on your own one, then it's a safety. I'm sitting there looking at it, I'm like, The defense came out and forced two straight three and outs, and somehow the Patriots are on the the board first.
0: How does that happen? It's unreal. Yeah, Unbelievable. Well, I think the Ravens addressed that issue by releasing Devin Hester. But to me, I think I look at it and say the offense needs to adjust better. They did not adjust well in that game against New England. New England is unique in that uh, they can come out with any Variety of game plans. Like watching past tape on them is yeah. not super beneficial because they'll totally change up what they do on offense, what they do up on defense ev- every game. That's just the way Bill Belichick runs things. And so the Patriots usually were a man cover team, man to man. They went more zone, and the Ravens I don't think adjusted that to that well in the route running that they had, the play calling they had, in what Joe Flacco was doing. I don't think they adjusted well, and that's a, that's an issue. Uh, in to this game specifically, and like you're saying, to a larger degree, it's an issue that the offense
1: uh, isn't very good. Right, and my question is: Did the Patriots give a little bit of a blueprint on how to stop the Ravens' offense? Because what it saw, what I saw, what we had seen over the past, I'll say month, where they had kind of started to find success with these crossing routes over the middle of the field, that underneath stuff. Well, they they took all of that away, and this is the novice football mind and me talking here. I don't know exactly why that happened or how you do that, but what it looked like to me is they ran a lot of zone, they dropped a ton of guys back in coverage and those crossing routes those crossing routes aren't as effective when you've got eight guys back there in zone coverage that they can just stand there and, and well, they take, clog take the those middle away. of the field
0: with the linebackers yeah. to a large degree. By dropping some of those guys. Yeah,
1: so like is that is that a recipe that we're gonna see other teams try against Flacco and this group moving forward. It would not surprise me.
0: Yeah. So now the Ravens
1: making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, they got to win out most likely. They they still could. There's a chance. There's a chance right. they go nine and seven, especially if one of those wins is against the is against the Steelers, because then you drop them back in the race. Yes. If you don't beat the Steelers. And you go nine. If you don't beat the Steelers, I don't think you're making the playoffs.
0: Probably not. The wild card, the Dolphins would have to lose. The Dolphins have the Patriots in Week 17, so let's say that's a loss. The, the, pa- the Broncos assuming, have to- Assuming the Patriots have something to play for, the Dolphins would have to lose one of their other two games, and that's against the Bills and Jets on the road. So, possible, but...
1: And the, the Broncos know, they they also have, have, have Ryan to lose. Tannehill.
0: The Broncos have to lose. They have Oakland, KC... And the Patriots. And the Patriots, so that... Could very well happen, and then Tennessee is the other team. I'm not super worried about Tennessee. So, I, the Ravens still, I don't think the wild card's totally out of the picture, because uh, I think the Dolphins are probably in in good position for that, uh, but not looking good. Yeah. I, I think, I still think that it, it's it comes down to whether the Ravens can how, win these games. Can how, they win these games?
1: How many times have we said it's going to come down to what the
0: Ravens do on Christmas Day? Oh, the Steelers, yes. That game is obviously <laughs> huge. But, I mean, you know, this Eagles game, if you're in the wild card picture the Eagles game. What's the Bengals game on the road, Week 17, that ain't no gimme either. It's They're going to qu-
1: have A.J. Green back. That, to me, is a question of... That game kind of depends on whether the Bengals take on the mentality of the entire week of let's spoil their season and just ruin it for them, get them out of the playoffs, or, or if they've got one foot you know, in the islands looking at vacation at the end of the season and they're saying, all right, this has been a long year. that it, We've been about this for a long time. I'm ready to be done. I'm not sure which way it's going to go. I think it could go either way, and it to me it kind of depends on that. I absolutely think the Ravens – should and that they will beat the eagles this week i think we both yes. agree on that so then the steelers steelers particularly if you don't have jimmy
0: smith well that's the big thing we talk about the defense being the strength of this team which it is obviously i don't think without jimmy smith it's not the best defense in the league i just think it's not it's mm-hmm. still a very very good defense but the offense is going to have to pick up some of that slack i think
1: yep i totally agree and uh Man, it's it's so tough. I feel like this is kind of like a repeat of 2014 to a certain degree. When you see Jimmy go down, and it's like your season to some degree flashes before your eyes because of how much he means for this defense. Absolutely, it's tough.
0: So uh, before we move on from New England, because we can't do that fast enough, let's get into a little story time. You know, yes. last week told a story from New England about going out to <laughs> our, our favorite bar and you know the interview with quote unquote Ryan Mink that happened <laughs> on Providence Television. Well, I was reminded of another story from New England uh, when I went up there for Monday Night Football. Garrett, why don't, you why don't you kick this one off? All
1: right, so this is the 2011
0: AFC... Same year as the interview. No, no, that was the... Interview. Oh, that was yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So so the, this is the year
1: before. This is the 2011 AFC Championship game. We're up there, and it's the end of the game, and <laughs> Ryan and I are sitting next to each other in the press box, and there's the pass that goes to Lee Evans, and for a split second, he's got it in the end zone, going to take the lead going to the Super Bowl I'm seeing all of this I'm seeing the Super Bowl rings sizing them up in that (laughs) split second I stand up to 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 cheer you're not really cheering which you're not supposed to do Garrett there's no cheering in the press box I stand up to silently cheer yeah right get a better view maybe get a better view of the play mind you there's about seven other people in our row because we sit in a row of, of a bunch of other Ravens executives. Right. All right, wait. Let me take over the story. All right, so
0: Garrett <laughs> stands up. Garrett stands up, sees the pass bounce out of Lee Evans' hands or knocked out of his hands. He picks up the chair, <laughs> WWE <laughs> style. I'm doing it right now in the lounge. Above his head, smashes it on the ground. <laughs> just
1: multiple... Come uh, uh, Come on! That's not true at all. The true story is I stood up, and the back of my knees hit the chair because you're scrunched into the press box. You have nowhere to move. You're packed in there like a can of sardines. So I stand up. The back of my it knees hit calves. the chair. It was
0: your calves, I think. The, hit.
1: the back of my hulking legs bumped yeah, the chair, um, and then it fell backwards, and then I had to pick it up.
0: It it, like, but it was, like, into the wall. Like, it was a loud
1: noise. It was like, It didn't make a loud noise, but like I said, There was like five or six other people in our row who had to do the exact same thing, and it was pretty embarrassing to have to go and pick up the chair. I'll give you that. But the chair made a The chair. The the chair made a full recovery, and I'm happy to hear that. I did. I did go
0: over to our spot in the press box to make sure the chair was okay. (laughs) You know, it had an Achilles injury from that. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's made a full recovery, so that's nice. I'm happy about that.
1: Let's move on from this. We want to get to another topic that's near and dear to our hearts. We're really hitting all the, the big topics today. Oh yeah. Winter beer. Heck yeah. (laughs) We've been talking about this we did the pumpkin beer discussion. Now it's time to transition. Pumpkin beer season is officially, I think, for the most part concluded. It's done.
0: It's done. Yes.
1: Now we transition to the winter beer portion of the calendar. Which I'm really excited about. This is one of my favorite beer seasons of the year. It's
0: good, but not as good as pumpkin. All
1: right, so before we do that, we want to roll this audio question from Brandon Holthaus that he sent to us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Hey, guys, how's it going? This is Brandon from Baltimore. Just wanted to uh, tell you guys of a great Christmas beer you have to check out right in downtown Baltimore. Right by the Washington Monument, you have to go to Brewer's Art and try Saint Festivus. It's a bit of a darker beer, but it goes great with ginger snaps and Christmas cookies. So definitely check out Saint Festivus, great Christmas
0: beer. All right, I got I can't agree with Brandon Moore on the Saint Festivus holiday ale. Uh-huh. That is a nice beer. So I'm really glad that's number ten on
1: BeerAdvocate.com. Do you not, think just beer? ho- not just not uh, just holiday beers, like at, no, no, in no, general no. holiday beers, okay. so winter beers. Number okay. ten. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's across the
0: country for a local Baltimore Brewers Art beer. That's pretty nice. Yeah, Uh, I remember one time I won a, a little raffle at a charity event, get a gift basket from Brewers Art. It's got some St. Festivus in there. Only problem is I won it in May. (laughs) (laughs) So this gift basket was just clearing out the old winter stuff. Seriously, I think it had dust on the (laughs) the beers. I mean, I still drank it, but I wasn't thrilled about it.
1: All right. All right. So we're going to give you our top three winter beers. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. I'll go first. Okay. Number one for me. Is Great Lakes Christmas sale? You're a homer. All right, I'm from Ohio. Great Lakes is everywhere this time of year. It's kind of hard to find sometimes, and it's got a little bit of a cult following. Didn't I bring you back a six pack? That would have been the nicest thing. You, no, wait, did wait, you wait. bring me back <laughs> a six pack? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I bring- I like how you try to flip that. I bring you a six pack, and you try to make it seem like you did something nice for me. I brought you a six pack, and I showed you the light. You got to agree; it's good. It's
0: very. It's a very
1: good beer. Number two on my list: Flying Dog. I went to Flying Dog actually, their brewery, uh, maybe three or four weeks ago, and they had their full holiday collection out. Ooh! And first of all, I love the brewery out there. You ever been out there in
0: Frederick? Yes, I have. Yeah, on company time. (laughs) I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. All
1: right, and uh, it's great, and they had their whole on tap all these holiday brews one of my favorites was the nice they do the naughty mm-hmm. and the nice they have a nice milk stout that i'll love that so that's number two on What's my the list Naughty again naughty is the eggnog ale oh that's good too yeah that's good too i just i liked the the nice yeah and then uh the third on my list is the. this is a classic this is old faithful sierra nevada celebration
0: yeah i, I think that's solid it doesn't do a whole lot for me though you know, it's just, yeah, it's kind of bland, okay. I think, in my opinion. All right, my
1: number one, I'm going St. Festivus.
0: All, All right. St. Festivus is really good, so I'm going to... No, nothing one. better
1: than a St. Festivus in May.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Perfect in December. <laughs> I'll, we'll go with that. Uh, number two, I'm going Great Lakes Christmas Ale, so I'm hopping on board. All right. actually, Like I
1: said, I show you the light. And
0: the Flying Dog Canine Winter Warmer. I'm That's going with that one, not the nice. Yeah. brewed with cardamom, vanilla bean, and cocoa.
1: A little cocoa in there is a nice hint during this time You don't even
0: know what cardamom is, do you? It's do you like, know what it is?
1: It's like a cardigan sweater. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell?
0: <laughs> really good. And I was, so I was doing a little research for this, right, just to make sure I had all my T's crossed. That's the probably
1: the it. most research you've done on oh, this podcast. Absolutely.
0: This is the first time I've done research for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on beeradvocate.com, my favorite kind of research. Right. There's this one that I stumbled upon upon called Special Holiday Ale. It's made by Nonye. It's like a collaboration. Nonye Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales. Okay. You get the keyword in there? Yes. Pumpkin? Yes. And Stone Stone Brewing Company. Yeah. I like Stone a lot. I gotta try that out. Special Holiday Ale. Was this their number one? This was really high. This was like, I think, right above the St. Festivus. Oh, okay. So, i get it. and then Ninsaki Slayer. I want to throw out Tell us a shout out for Ninkasi Slayer. Shout out for them. All I right. like Ninkasi beers. Okay.
1: All right. So there we go. Those, uh, we're hitting all the main topics. And uh, if you guys have beer suggestions that you want to share, we've actually got a number of good emails. We got the one, the audio uh, question there from Brandon, and we've got some other emails uh, that we're reading and we'll read in the next coming weeks. But again, the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Let us know your favorite winter beers to drink away your sorrows after that loss to the Patriots. Should we talk more football? We can mix in some football talk in this beer podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Philadelphia Eagles come to MT Bank Stadium this Sunday. And to me, this is a classic can't overlook them. Kind of game. I mean, the Eagles started with three straight wins to begin the season, including a total butt whooping of the Steelers. Oh, I remember watching that game. It was great. Oh, it was great. It was like 34 to 3 or yes. something like that. Clubbed them. Uh, they're a toast to the town in the NFL. Now they have gone on a little bit of a losing skid. Right, lost six straight? I think six, the last seven. Yeah. Uh, so, but they're a, te- they're a talented team. What stands out to you about this game and, and about the Eagles?
1: Well, I think it's what you said. It's that you can't overlook this game. I mean, the Ravens, they absolutely should win this game. It's a rookie quarterback at home. He's kind of fallen back a little bit. I think it's the classic. He went out there, played really well. The league starts to get some tape on him, and they start to figure figure you out a little bit, and that's kind of what's happened with Carson Wentz, and he has to adjust. But the Ravens have had all, you know, they've had time to prepare for this game in the sense of the tape is out on him. He's not right. surprising anybody. Right. And... Uh, like I said, rookie quarterback at home, Ravens defense should give him a lot of trouble. I think that the Ravens should win this game fairly handily, to be honest with you. I, just, I don't think that the Eagles are a great team. I think they are an okay team. And if you're a team like the Ravens who know you have to win out and you're fighting for a division championship and you just came off kind of a, a tough, a little bit embarrassing performance on Monday Night Football at home, you got to win this game.
0: Well, I think, to me, it's uh, we're going to see the effect of perhaps not having Jimmy Smith. Doesn't look good for him in this game. Right. Not going to rule him out already, but, you know, look like a pretty serious injury. And uh, so I think the Eagles are probably one of the better teams to match up against without Jimmy because it's not like they have a Des Bryant. They don't have an A.J. Green. Yeah. You know, I mean, their wide receivers aren't these big-body guys who you say, that's who we need Jimmy to cover. So can the Ravens secondary kind of rally perhaps without jimmy and play well against the eagles that's a huge thing to watch yeah
1: and then it goes back to the rookie quarterback thing you know because it's he's that's the guy who's throwing the ball and like you said if there's going to be a game that he kind of misses this is a good way to start that especially if he's going to miss a couple of games here to end the season well let's hope we have him against the steelers that would be nice but you never know yeah very true
0: well thank you so much for listening to our beer and what else did we talk about on this podcast london london
1: yeah Just stories from New England. Beer and London and a little bit of football mixed into the podcast. There you go.
0: Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you later this week when we're going to talk to linebacker Zachary Orr. That should be a special treat. Thanks for listening. Email us at at theloungeatravens.nfl.net. Leave a rating and review. And we'll be back later this week.